Welcome to the Live Treasure Podcast, brought to you by Treasured Ministries, where every week we coach you with steps of faith you can take today to change your tomorrow. And now, on to today's show. Hey everybody, it's Eileen. I want to welcome you if this is your very first time to the Live Treasure Podcast. And if you've been coming to listen to our show, I wanted to ask you if you would be willing to take three minutes Go to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. When you do that, you help other women uh, find our podcast and expand our reach, and we greatly appreciate that. Okay, now on to today's show. We are finally starting a new series. We've been on the Lasting Transformation series, and it's time to move on. So this next series coming up is going to be a two-part series about codependence and narcissists, specifically how they interact with each other and why codependents often find themselves entangled in with narcissistic uh, relationships. Now, before I dive into today's topic, um, I want to be extremely transparent uh, that I am not a licensed therapist. I don't have a seminary degree. I am a woman, however, who uh, was transformed. I was a codependent. God radically changed my life through the power of God's word. And now I'm passionate with a capital P to bring out those truths that he taught me inside of his word. Because for years, you know, the messages that I was hearing in church seemed to actually support my coping mechanism of codependency. Now, I wasn't really discerning the truth correctly, and God took me on a major um, healing journey for that. And so part of what I love doing is helping women to see the truth inside of God's word. For example, that boundaries are not selfish, right? And other aspects of that, that a codependent is completely unaware of And oftentimes, that coping mechanism flies right under the radar at church. In fact, a lot of times, we listen to sermons and messages, and it actually confirms our coping mechanism. But Jesus says that the truth will set you free, and that's what I want to talk about today. And specifically, what I want to talk about is how codependents and narcissists often find themselves inside of relationships, how it's extremely unhealthy. And by bringing awareness to this truth, I'm hoping to um, unveil this and get this out in the life. Because if you are codependent or you have those tendencies, you absolutely need to be aware of this. Now, I uh, have a friend who's been going to therapy and she's been sharing with me a lot about narcissism. And one of the things that she's taught me and that I understand is that um, being a narcissist or being labeled a narcissist, that's actually a clinical term. And people can be labeled or diagnosed as a narcissist, but they can also have narcissistic tendencies. And for the purpose of this podcast, and again, I am certainly not a therapist, so I want to make that clear. But boy, have I had experience in this arena 
And do I love the Word of God? Because it is so transformative in any area of your life. Any problem that you are struggling with, the Word of God has the answer, okay? So I'm going to share with you the why. Why do codependents get involved in either somebody that is clinically diagnosed as a narcissist or has narcissistic tendencies. And when I'm talking about narcissistic tendencies, I'm talking about those folks where it is really all about them. They cannot see beyond themselves. They want to be worshiped. They're usually really charismatic people. And it truly, truly is all about them. And So today, what I want to talk about is why codependence can get enmeshed inside of a narcissistic relationship. And I'm not just talking about a romantic relationship. The worst codependent narcissistic situation that I ever got in was actually in a friendship. And it was turned really scary, to be quite honest with you. And so... I want to kind of unpack this for you um, because when I learned these truth, it, truths, it really helped me to understand more about why I was more drawn to people like this, especially inside of female friendships, why it was really unhealthy, and then what you can do biblically to solve it once and for all. Oh, don't you just love our great God? I mean, inside of this word, he gives us pictures of how we're created and why we do what we do. And then not only that, but he gives us solution. You got to just love our God. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive in. Um, my passage today is going to be from 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. And as the uh, verse opens up, um, the Israelite nation is struggling. And the reason why they're struggling is because Samuel, who um, was appointed as leader over Israel, uh, he was growing old and his sons, which he appointed to be judges over Israel, well, they weren't being ethical. The Bible says that they accepted bribes and they perverted justice, okay? So, as our Bible story opens up today, the Israelites are in an experience where leadership is uh, failing, and it's failing on a couple of reasons. One, Samuel's getting older, right? So, he's not doing anything wrong. It's just that he's growing older, and so because he's growing older— He's not going to be able to be there for them and be the good leader that he has been. His sons, even though Samuel was a great leader, his sons are not. And oftentimes, when codependents are in a situation where they feel like they don't have good leadership, we panic. Because the truth about it is, is that everybody wants to be led Codependents take it to a whole nother level. Why? Because we believe, we may not say this out loud, but we believe that we are powerless. We believe that power exists outside of us. 
right? That there's something inherently wrong with us. And so we don't believe that God can strengthen us, that we can depend on him. And so we're kind of looking for somebody to latch on to and somebody to lead us. You know, in my codependent days, it was like, I really felt like, you know, these Christian authors, they just have it all together. And if I could just sit down with one of them and they could help me figure out all the problems in the world, you know, that's just how we think. We don't have confidence in the leading of the Holy Spirit. And again, the truth is every single person wants to be led. We want to um, be navigated through this life. We talked about that a little bit in our last podcast. When you're a codependent, you really, maybe even on a subconscious level, but you don't believe you have that in you. And so you're consistently looking to latch onto a person to lead you, okay? But what often we do, and what the Israelites did here, is that we look or we are drawn to characteristics of leaders that are strong by the world's standards. In other words, they, uh, this person is, is like what the world says is strong. What does the world say? It says a lot of money, uh, charismatic, um, just this strong personality. And we want so much to be strong because probably there was an experience in your past that was traumatic that taught you by experience that people have power. And it could have been a situation where you're abused or whatever. But so you see people as powerful. You don't feel like you have that confidence on your own. So you're going to latch on to somebody else. And even though you may have been brought up in church, you may have sung, Jesus loves me this, I know the Bible tells me so. You saw the story of David and Goliath. You've read about God's power. You sing the worship songs in church, yet it's not enough. And so you go outside of that, uh, you know, walking by faith to walk under God's leadership, let him be king in your life, and you want somebody with skin on that you can see. And so what we're drawn to is all the shiny, charismatic, um, uh, folk. And a lot of times those people are narcissists. They have this um, persona. They have this show that they put on, like they have it all put together. And so you falsely believe that if you can just have that person inside of your life, everything will be fine. You'll be protected. You'll be secure. I mean, you don't sit around and talk about this, but that's where the draw comes in to play. And so it was with Israel. They said, finally, verse 4, all the elders of Israel met to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you are now old and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. 
Now, the truth in this scenario is this. The leadership was not looking great. You know, Samuel was a good ethical leader, but he was old. His sons were, I mean, they were worldly screwing up, right? They, it said, the Bible says they perverted judges. They, you know, all these things, okay? So all of that was true. But God's truth was that he was their king and that he was going to take care of them. And so it is with us that when leaders let us down, we don't need to panic and reach out for another human because we have the Lord and God is our king, okay? But in the heat of the moment, when all the chips are down, we can feel very insecure and we can react instead of responding to the truth. And that's what the Israelites did. They say, give us a king to judge us like what all the other nations have. And we may not say that out loud, but we are looking for strength and controlling narcissists exude this strength. And on the outside, it'll look really good. It'll look nice and shiny, but it's a trap. It's a trap, okay? So the first reason is that codependents believe that we are powerless. We think that power exists outside of us. And so we're drawn to what the world says is powerful, which can often be a narcissist or somebody with narcissistic characteristics, okay? If you want to try to get really, like, by the book about it. Does that make sense? And so we will trade our freedom to come under the leadership of somebody else. And that is how it happens. And on the flip side, the narcissist loves the codependent. Why? Because the codependent is always people-pleasing. And the narcissist needs it to be all about them. And so, so it works. Do you see what I'm saying? It works. And that's how the enmeshment happens. That's the first thing. The second thing, and I alluded to this, is that God is not first place in our life. He is not king. And when God is not king, and and what I mean when he's not first place in our life, what I mean by that is having that daily time with him, where you are spending time with him, where you're hearing him speak to you through the word of God. Let me tell you something. The chips can be falling down all around me. Having that daily quiet time for me has nothing to do with learning about what's right and wrong. It has every, although that's a part of what God shows me, it has everything to do with a relationship with God. Because in that time early in the morning, I walk out of that quiet time knowing that I'm not alone in anything that I face. I know any obstacle that I face, 
I can pray and God will navigate. He will show me the way. And because I have that confidence now, while I have other leadership in my life, you know what? God is my final authority. And so if the chips fall, if somebody lets me down, if, you know, um, God forbid, if somebody in my life it, you know, tells me I should do something that's contrary to the word of God. I'm not doing it. You know why? Because God is my king. He is first place inside of my life. And when he's first place, when the chips fall down, when people let you down, when they get whole, old, or when when somebody just can't be there for you just out of natural you know, circumstances, right? Like Samuel. Samuel was old. His sons were different. They were deliberately being bad leaders. But when things fall apart, you don't react from a place of insecurity and latch on and reach out for something uh, that is that is not right. You know, um, back in the book of Exodus, when Moses led the Israelites out of the bondage in Egypt, he left them. He went up the mountain of Sinai and he left them. And the Lord was giving him the law. When Moses, and, and he Moses was gone for 40 days. And what did the Israelites do? They panicked. They panicked. And they made a golden calf. They created an idol. They needed another God right? Because Moses, their leader, had left them for 40 days. Do you see that trend? We can't get attached to people. There's a difference between connection and community and control. And the way to prevent that is, you know, God has got to be king inside of your life. You've got to have a relationship with him because then when things fall apart, you know that you're not alone and you rely on his leadership first. All right. So, but here we see again for Samuel eight, they, um, they, they yelled out and they, they called for a king. And then it says verse six, Samuel was displeased with their, with their request. And he went to the Lord for guidance. Now, let me just pause there. See who was Samuel's king. It was God. Samuel went to the Lord for his guidance, right? Okay. God responds, verse 7, Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for it is me they are rejecting, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Second reason, codependence, get entangled with a narcissist, is that God is not our king. And you know what? It's not, it's easy to do, right? Because if, 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 if we're not walking by faith every day, like if, if I'm not sitting with the Lord and hearing him speak to me and getting him in his, inside of his presence, when I do that, I mean, God is like, like we're, I'm interacting with him. He's real to me, right? And so that is walking by faith. If we don't have that time with him, we're more likely, more prone to walk by sight, what we see. And it's easier to follow someone if we're walking by sight, somebody that has skin on, right? Than trusting something um, that you can't see with a physical eye. But 
if God is your king, if you make him your king, if you spend time with him, it puts skin on the Lord. It gives him a it gives him a place in your life, a reality in your life, and that's where the confidence comes. Because I know it doesn't matter if my Moses leaves me or my Samuel gets older or people that were appointed judges, they're like act, acting unethical. It doesn't matter because I've got God and that's, that's all I need. And that's a place of confidence. This is what we teach inside of Treasure Ministries. This is a place of confidence where you can let go of people dependency and walk in greater God dependency. And a big part of that is believing um, and that the Lord is real and experiencing that through your personal relationship with them. The third thing um, is that we ignore the warning signs from the Holy Spirit. Now, inside of this passage, um, Samuel comes to the people and he explains to them, he's like, let me just warn you, you don't want this. You don't want this. And he goes through all the reasons why you don't want to be under the control of somebody else, which is inevitably what will happen if a codependent links up with a narcissist, period. Because codependents were led by guilt, were led by people-pleasing, and narcissists, they can play that game. And you'll, it, you'll be just like a puppet on a string, okay? And so Samuel comes to them, and he says, I'm, I'm going to give you a king, but don't do it. And he tells them all the reasons why they shouldn't. You can read those in 2 Samuel 8. But verse 19, it says, but the people refuse to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king. They said, we want to be like other nations around us. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. Then it says, so Samuel repeated to the Lord what the people had said, and the Lord replied, do as they say and give them a king. Then Samuel agreed and sent the people home. And of course, that king was Saul. And Saul definitely had narcissistic characteristics. I mean, right, he was, and we're going to talk about Saul more next week as we talk about Saul and David. But let me just tell you, it was not good. It was not good leadership. Okay. And so when we get in that insecure position, and when God is not our king, then we can trade our security, you know, of listening to the warnings of the Holy Spirit and get involved inside a relationship that is not healthy. And the reason why it's not healthy is because God wants you to be free to surrender your free will back to him. And there is nobody, not even your husband, that has the right to own your free will. That is a gift God has given you, and we are to surrender it to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And anybody that is demanding that from you, and especially if they're using the Bible 
to try to do it. And if you are a codependent, that's one way you can be manipulated quick because codependents always want to be good and follow the rules. Don't listen to them. You know what? God must be king in your life. So how do we prevent this? And really, you know, what I like to say about codependency is that codependency is really just a lack of God dependency. And so on some level, every Christian struggles with that, right? You know, I mean, there are days where we're not walking in complete dependence upon the Lord. For a codependent, it's, a, it's well, sometimes it's a lot stronger. And for anybody listening out there that is just saying she's off her rocker, codependency isn't mentioned in the Bible, I say, I agree with you, friend. But idolatry of man is. And that's exactly what codependency is. So, My point in saying this is that whether or not you think you're a codependent or not, we all struggle with this on some level. And so these next three points that I'm going to give you, they're they're good for anybody that is walking in faith. And I want to say that one of the things we have on our YouTube channel is I have a whole playlist called Conquering Codependency God's Way. And All that's on that playlist are videos about codependency. It is teaching straight from the word, all of that. And it's all truths that God showed me when he healed me from codependency. So if you're listening today and you're saying to yourself, "Mm, that might be me, you should head over to our YouTube channel and check out that playlist. Okay, so what are three things that we can do? Number one. And I already alluded to this, but make God your king. Make Jesus your life coach. What did Samuel do? Samuel did that. Like when everything was going down, when the people weren't listening to him, what did Samuel do? Samuel went to God for guidance. Are you spending time with God every day? Are you in the word in such a way that you're making room for the Holy Spirit? When you do that, you have what I call Godfidence. And there might be days where it might be scary. There might be days where you might be tempted. But if you have that rock inside of your life, you, the void will be filled. You won't be worried when the chips fall down because you know that you have a leader inside of your life that will never leave you. And If you want to learn more how to do that, we have something called the Nourish Method where we can teach you how to hear from God through his word. And you just join the Treasure Tribe. We'll teach you how to do it. And But here's the thing. You don't need the Nourish Method to do it. You can begin today, every morning, spending time with God and just asking him to speak to you, asking him to pray. That's the big point. All right? Make God your king. Jesus is now your life coach. Number one. Number two. The number two thing is do not, do not ignore the warning signs from the Holy Spirit. Now, usually for a codependent, here's how it goes. The Holy Spirit will warn us, and then it's like we feel guilty or bad for 
drawing boundaries or whatever. And let me tell you something, narcissists, they are so charming from the get-go, right? Like it looks so good. These Israelites were looking out at the world and all they had, and they wanted that. And that's what'll happen. Pay attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? If you are cautious at all, if there's that caution light going on, you know what I'm talking about. It's okay to pause inside of a relationship. It's okay. And take a step back. And then what do you do? You do what Samuel did and you ask God for guidance. And don't move forward in the relationship until you hear from God. Number three, look at what the Bible says about true leadership. Now we're getting ready to enter into um, the season of Passover. And one of my favorite parts about this season, and I always love to do this, I love to read through John chapter 13 through 17 because it goes into detail of what Jesus talked with his disciples about as he was eating the Last Supper um, with them and spending those last moments with them. And in John chapter 13, one of the things that he does that should just be like etched, you know, forever in our mind. I mean, he really just knocked the disciples over when he did this, but he uh, washed their feet. And when he was washing their feet, I mean, it, it really freaked Peter out. Of course it did. Everything freaked Peter out. But anyway, and what Jesus was doing was he was, he was doing a lot of things through this example. But one of the things that he was doing is he was showing the disciples what kind of leader he was and what kind of leader they would need to be inside of his kingdom. And that is a servant leader. And a narcissist wants to lead for their own gain. Jesus says, when you lead, you serve others. You wash feet. And normally, narcissists, they will not feel like that is like their role to do. Like, I don't do that and that kind of stuff like that. And so really look at and look at, you know, what does the world say is a good leader? And then what is, what did Jesus, how did he portray good leadership? And those are the people, not that you need to latch onto, but that you need to connect with and really hold that person up. Think of the foot washing. Does that person line up with God's idea of biblical leadership because his leadership served. A narcissist is self-serving. And this is why codependents and narcissists often get enmeshed with each other because the narcissist can feed off of the codependent's need to people please and the codependent's vulnerability to attach themselves to others. So I hope that this podcast was informative and maybe just got you thinking. And again, my text today 
was um, 2 Samuel chapter, excuse me, I knew that was not right. 1 Samuel, sorry, it's Monday. (laughs) 1 Samuel chapter 8, if you want to look more into that story. And above all, as we head into this Easter season, remember that you serve a King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you can have that confidence and his leadership in your life as you take steps to become the woman that God created you to be. Join me next week. We're going to be looking more at narcissists as we dive a little bit more into the life of Saul. That wraps up our podcast today. Thanks for joining us. This is Eileen Thompson reminding you that the battle for your heart is epic and you are a treasure worth fighting for. But make sure you don't fight alone because when women walk by faith together with each other, that's when we find strength to flourish. And this is exactly why we started the Treasure Tribe. We wanted to give women everything that they needed to study God's Word all in one place in a way that would transform their lives and provide that supportive community so that we could cheer each other on. And you can subscribe today for less than $10. And when you do, every penny of that $10 goes back into supporting our ministry. It's really a win for everybody. You know what? You can thrive with daily truth and a tribe by your side. Support our ministry by joining the Treasure Tribe today and get the encouragement you need to become all that God has created you to be. Visit treasuretribe.com to sign up today. Thanks for listening in and I'll talk to you next week. I hope to see you inside the Treasure Tribe. Bye-bye.